Right. Keep trying to remember to turn that thing on before I get up here, but I never do. So I sure appreciate uh, Calvary Baptist Church, the people, and your patience with uh, me and my family. Uh, I feel like I came in here to to be the pastor, and I'm, I'm not much more around than I was uh, as an interim or even when I was gone. So uh, I just appreciate your patience with us. We are really trying to to work through some things and get settled, and hopefully little by little, day by day, uh, this week we'll try to get things moved down here and get moved into a house, and then uh, I'm listing, we've been trying to sell our house without uh, a realtor just to kind of save some money, and my daughter was helping us do that. My daughter and my son-in-law are helping us do, do that. Of course, they can't anymore, and so we're listing this, uh, this, listing this house this week with a realtor, and so... Um, but even that, we can't show it because we're in the middle of packing it all up and trying to get out of it. So uh, it'll be at the end of the week before we can do that. But pray that, it, that once it gets done, it'll get sold, and, uh, and I believe it will. I believe God's going to bless it. I believe the Lord's allowing it. Um, the realtor that we're going through, uh, this is lady from the church, and she was the one uh, through Michael and Brooke had been praying for about 30 days, we had been fasting and praying together that God would supply them the money to go back to Africa. And this little girl, her, she had an inheritance come in, and uh, we, we were all riding together. We were with Mike and Brooke and the, the boys, and my wife and I were, and, and uh, we had been much in prayer about when they could go back to Africa and been fasting and praying about that God would supply the money. And while we were in the van together, uh, this little girl called, and said, uh, God put it on my heart to give you enough money to, for your entire family to fly back to Africa. So my wife just wrote me, and she said, I think I know why God has kind of delayed everything, so that we would go through her so that she could get back the money that, uh, that she gave the kids to go to Africa. So I believe Lord Janet going to bless it. So just continue praying, and, and thank you for your patience with us as we try to get this whole thing figured out and get and finally get settled. And thank you for praying for for Luke and for Ashley, and continue to pray for them. Almost as much for Ashley as for Luke. Uh, she is just one wore-out kid right now. Um, and you can understand, it just every, every moment you kind of live with that feeling, is it going to happen again, you know, after it happened twice on her. So, all right. Um, I've got a really unique message. This message may be uh, 10 minutes long, and it may, uh, I don't know, I don't know where it's going to go. I had another message that we, it's all prepared. As you can tell, normally I use my iPad because it's all written out prepared. This one's not. This one's got uh, some notes in my Bible that I, I wrote down here in the last uh, couple hours. And, uh, and what, I've, what God kind of led me to and where we're going to talk about tonight is that uh, this is sort of the title. It's Calvary Baptist in Scripture. Calvary Baptist Church in Scripture. Now I'm talking about Calvary Baptist Church at this time of history of Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, and, and I'm going to use just a little bit of the scripture where we are, and, and it's going to be a parallel a little bit to what we've gone through and what the church has gone through and how we got to the, the point where we're at. If you, and that's bad English, isn't it? I'm not supposed to end that sentence with that. Right. Somebody's at which we are. And so... Uh, here we are. So if you go look at verse 2, it says, 
that Hanani, one of the brethren, came, and he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there is a province uh, are in great affliction and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then, uh, well, I'm going to have a word of prayer right now because he has a word of prayer at this point. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind, my thoughts. Lord, I, I really want to be a help and a blessing, but Lord, I, a more of just a warning, a caution to the people of Calvary, please, as we see it in Scripture. And Lord, I don't think Satan has changed. I don't think the attack changes. Uh, his methods don't change much. He knows uh, how, how to attack and how to come toward us. And so, Lord, I ask that you show us this and in clarity show us uh, the way in which the attack comes. And Lord, I pray that you please bless. And Holy Spirit of God, please guide my mind and my thoughts as I yield myself to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if, I, if you allow me to just make a little bit of a parallel here and understand that not everything is, is, you know, is exact here, but a little bit of a parallel. Uh, in verse 2, uh, I, I just wrote in my Bible here, this is when Brother Bob called me. This is uh, that, that Hanani, one of the brethren, came. He asked, he and, and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped. And the truth is, I got a phone call that, I, and how we didn't know, I really don't know, but how we didn't know that you were without a pastor from October to the 1st of December, I don't know. I don't know that we, how that happened or how we didn't know, but we, we never had any idea. But when he called uh, at that point, uh, I, this is kind of a little bit of a parallel here that he said that, that, that there was a need here. That in a sense, the, the walls sort of were, were broken down. There was no leadership here and. And, and I, I even heard in his voice when he called me that, that it just needed help, needed somebody here. And, and so, and, and it wasn't a, a voice of desperation. It was very simply, it was, it was just a voice of need. Then if you look at verse 4, uh, again, you would not understand this or not know this, but as it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, I was heading to Africa, and I was on that plane when I got this phone call, and, and day after day in Africa, I could not get this place off my heart and mind. And I prayed for you over those two weeks that we were in Africa, and I, and I, and I begged God that God would do something to meet the need because I felt so bad that there was a need that, that needed to be met, and yet I had to postpone him. I had to say, I can't come now. I can't be there now. And, and so uh, it, it really was such a parallel. And, he, and in verse 5, it says, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his covenant. So again, right at this point, from the moment he called, I began to pray for Calvary. My, my children there didn't really know. I, I, my wife didn't really know to what extent, but I knew something. God was doing something in my heart uh, about the place. But I'll be honest with you, uh, my flesh sort of got in, involved because I have a commitment 
and had a commitment that I wouldn't send a resume to anybody, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't apply for a position. And, 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 but yet, uh, God had been working in my heart for a couple of months, preparing me for something that was about to change. And so immediately in my mind, when I got that phone call sitting on that plane, waiting to taxi out to go to, to Africa, I, I immediately thought, okay, Lord, this is it. And then I tried to push the door. And that's something I don't believe in doing. I don't want to push any door open. Uh, God, I, I want to walk through any door God opens for me. I don't want to push any door open that God has closed. And so, so but, you know, my, again, I, you know, just to honest, at that moment, I just thought, you know what? I, maybe this is what God's doing. I'll send a resume there. And, and Joe Beth had just, for some strange reason, after all these years, I've never had a resume. And while we were driving in the car one day, and she, she said, you need a resume. And, I, and it's like two months earlier. And I said, no, I don't need a resume. What do I need a resume for? I want, I'm not going to send it to anybody. She said, you need a resume. And so, uh, so she said, I'm going to work on the resume. We had about a four-hour, five-hour drive. And, and, uh, and, I, and I was driving down the road. She's sitting there working and working on. She created uh, the most retarded resume in the world. Uh, and so it really is. It's not much of a resume. And, and so she, she had all this. I said, Joe Beth, you did that thing. Why don't you send it to him? And so she did. The whole time I'm in Africa, I'm convicted. Because I, I said, Lord, you know that's not what I believe in. You know that's not what I believe in doing. You know that's, that's not. And, and so God began to work. But I want you to look at verse 5 of chapter 2. And in verse 5 of chapter 2, or look at verse 4. It says, And the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if, the, if thy servant hath found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah and unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I may build it. And, and again, you won't understand it, but this is pretty much my prayer while I was in Africa. Just, Lord, Lord, I, you know, the king represents God here. That I said, Lord, just let me go. Uh, you've opened the door. You, you've left our meetings open for January. Uh, let me call him back. If, if I, as soon as I can get back to where you can make a phone call, I'll make a phone call and I'll say, uh, look, I, I, you didn't ask me. And these are the words I think I gave you. You didn't ask me to, to candidate. You asked me to help you. So pull my resume and I'll come help you. And, and that's what I prayed. And I said, and if it pleased the king, and I said, Lord, if you'd let us, let me just go and help the people. So this is walking us through, and, and I thought this is just kind of unique. And you may not look at this the same way I do. Like I said, this may be about five minutes longer here, but, but it says in verse 11, if you look at, at verse 11 in chapter 2, it says, so I came to Jerusalem, and, and I was there three days. And I thought, okay, not for me. I was there three weeks. And I really, I read it and I thought, okay, Lord, this is just a parallel. I w and so I came to Jerusalem and I was there three weeks. And I rose in the night and some few men with me and neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I wrought upon. And again, so many people may not understand this, but, but God began almost immediately to work in my heart. Uh, almost so that it was fearful inside of me that, Lord, uh, I'm scared now. I mean, I feel like you're doing something, but I, I can't say that to anybody. I can't voice that to anyone. I can't tell anyone. I feel like you're moving this direction for us to, to be here. You're doing something in my heart. It, literally, my wife and I, from almost the moment we walked in the door, it started that first service. And, and, and so it just, God began to work in, in us, and, but we could not say anything. 
Verse 18, then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. And I'll be honest with you, the, uh, this I applied to the point where they came in, the men, Brother Bob, they came to me and said, would you consider? And the truth is, God had been working on me all along been working on us and preparing us and bringing us to this to this point. But this is what I felt like when I met with those men that, that they said, let us rise up and build. And they've strengthened their hands for this good work. And, and, and that's what we have, a group of people that I've seen that have strengthened their hands for this good work. And I know, you know, t- tonight, I don't know what a you know, normal crowd would be, uh, and, and really, I'm not sure what norm is, and I'm, I'm not sure I really care what norm is. But, but, uh, but you know, the, but Sunday mornings I've seen, and, and and again I felt this morning we had a good crowd. I feel like, and, and people have gotten saved, and people have gotten baptized, and people, uh, you know, the couple that was here this morning with with Randy and Lauren, they they told me in the aisle, he looked at me and and J and J, Jessica's are. Jerry, Jerry and Jessica. And, uh, and so I, I, I looked at him and Jerry just, he just looked at me and he said, uh, he said, look, he said, uh, we want to join this church. I would have done it today, but you had baptism, so I didn't want to interfere, so we'll do it next week. I thought, praise the Lord. That's another couple going to join the church and come into to church here. And, and, and I understand we got a long ways to go to, for these people to grow, but, but we had five in the, in the foundations class today. Five in the foundations class had probably, you know, 10 or 12 people that met this morning, I mean, this morning after church for the possibility of being in the foundations class. So why is that important? Because that's, that's where we, we really get the people grounded for the next step of the Christian life. But, look at verse 19. But, I believe Calvary is growing. I believe that it's already started. I believe it's going to continue. But. When Sambalat the Hornite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite and, and, and Geshem uh, the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, but ye have no portion, no right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. You know, I love the way God allows these people to talk. So many times I want to say these kind of things. You know, it's just like, Lord, you just keep telling us that we're not supposed to say this, but boy, you let a lot of people say some stuff here. But the fact is, is though, it's the but, the, the attack will come. The attack's going to come. In, what, in this book of Nehemiah, what we're going to see, we're going to see how that attack comes. We're going to see how inevitably when a church begins to grow, this, this is the first attack. The first attack comes as people, honestly, friends, coworkers, people around the community. Listen, I, I, people, I, this is all I hear by the people who come and visit, by the people who come. My family, some of my family members, again, said this to me today. You know, this church is not like churches in Memphis. You know why? It's what Brother Hopper said this morning. Because it is a, and, and my, my sister-in-law, she picked up the new track. She said, look, when you reprint it, 
you've got to put something on there that shows that you are a church of diversity. And you know what? Because she said, no, they're the churches in Memphis are not this way. She said, and this is what they said, and thank you all for this. She said, those people are so loving. Those people, she says, just a spectrum of people, yet they're so loving. Can I tell you, folks, do you know what that does to my heart? This is my brother and sister-in-law. This is my sister-in-law that, that, that a few weeks ago even, or, or a month ago, she said, she said, I'd love to join your church, but, but you know, I, I couldn't because I wear pants. Yet they've been coming and coming and coming, and you know what she said? She said, the church is so loving. And I thought, when I looked at it, I said, you know what? You're exactly right. I'm going to have to rework that. And then my brother said, you need to put a picture of our, our church. No, our church. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think you're right. She said, he said, because when people see the church, they need to recognize the church. I think, well, stink. Why did they even make these? All right. But the attack will come because the naysayers are out there. And they're going to say, no, you'll never build a church there. You never, that you, you got to move that church. You got to do this. You got to do that. You'll never, they'll never prosper there. Listen to me. My God will do the work. And so the work begins. It says in verse, in chapter 3, it says, then Elisha and the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of uh, Mia. Uh, they sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. And it goes through verse after verse. And if you'll notice it, it says, and, and, and uh, next to him, build it. And next to him, build it. And next to them, repaired. And it just it goes on through this, this, virtually this whole chapter, going over and over and saying, next to them, build it. Next to them, repaired. And they worked. The people, everybody got involved in the work. And again, this, that's what I see in this church. Just what Brother Bob just said. Everybody sitting here tonight is like, you know, we don't need to announce to you. You want to get involved because everybody's doing so much. Because next to them, somebody's building but the work begins in chapter 4, but the verbal attack increases. You say, well, Brother Hooker, I haven't recognized anything. I'm glad that God in his grace has stayed them. We need a little while. The Lord knows right now that, that I, honestly, I think the Lord knows that right now I am, I'm running on thin air. You know, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really... Uh, uh, trying to get acclimated to trying to do this, trying to finish up meetings, trying to take care of family, trying to get moved, trying to... Right now, the Lord knows any man can only handle so much. If the attack came right now, that'd be a little bit of a struggle. But here's... I hate, I hate to even say it, but it will come. If this church continues to grow, the attack will come. Not only the, the devil doesn't watch this. We think the devil is going to attack large churches. No, the devil attacks soul-winning churches. The devil attacks churches that go after people. Now it says, it says, but it came to pass that when Samballot heard that we builded the wall. Watch this now. When the word really gets out, when this church starts to really to grow. 
And, and I'm not so much talking about numerically. I'm talking about people whose lives are beginning to be changed. That's why I wanted so badly and asked early on that Brother Bob, I said, you know, if we, we need to get this, when I initially called a new converts class, and then I came to the realization they're really not new converts. These, these people have been saved, but it's a foundation of class. We need to get this going. And, and when Sam Ballard heard that we builded the wall, when, we, when, when the world out there hears that we're building people, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an, an end in a day? And, and they revived the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. The criticism and attack will come. I'm telling you, it's going to come. I don't want it to come. I wish it wouldn't come, but it's going to come. It will come. And I know you're, you're thinking, Brother Hooker, please, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of being, you may feel I'm being negative. I'm not. I'm trying to prepare us. Because we can't, I hate it when I see people get shook because the attack comes. I could wait till it comes and preach something like this, but I feel like that's a day late and a dollar short. I, right now, let's prepare. Let's train. You got to train for the battle that's coming. And so here we, we're preparing. And now if you look, the, but the work, when the battle comes, let me tell you, here's our solution. When the attack comes, continue the work. Amen. Don't get sidetracked. Continue to work. Look at verse 6. Hey, 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 this attack comes. This criticism comes. This negativity comes. Verse 6. So we built the wall. Amen. You say, what's the answer? Keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Whatever brought the criticism, keep doing it and do more of it. And when you do that, when you say, I'm not going to be shook by what you say, and that you, he's joined together unto the, he said, the wall, uh, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Now, keep that in your mind. We're going to get back to the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. And this is a people that, ha that has a mind to work. I, I, honestly, again, what Brother Bob said to you in the announcement, I just... I just want to thank you because so much is getting done. The, the property looks beautiful. The things look beautiful. The, I walk in and, and the carpets are cleaned and everything is nice. And, and I walk into the, the, the bathroom and the bathroom's nice. And, and things are just beautiful and cared for. And I don't have a clue who's doing it. You say, I, I thought you told us to write it down. You did. I don't know where that is either. But you're working. And so, but when the verbal attack doesn't work, the physical attack will come. Verse 7, but it came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Let me just warn you again. The verbal attack will come. You keep growing. You keep working. The physical attack will come. There'll be something that comes. Don't get shook. I've been, I've been doing this 
for a long time, and I've been through a lot of places and through a lot of battles. Let me tell you the answer that was given to me 30 years ago or so and 25 years ago and every battle that I ever faced ever since, and I've used this over and over again, overcome evil with good. Just keep doing good. It brings us closer to God when we refuse to, to submit when, the, when they conspire against us, as it says in verse 8. Because in verse 9, look what it brings us closer to God if we'll allow it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. We, we turn this thing over to God, and, and, but we prepare. Again, we are prepared people. Look at verse 10. Suddenly, though, here's the most important thing I'm going to tell you tonight, the real danger. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. This whole message here tonight is for this one reason. The attack will come verbally as this church grows, and, and I've been so, I've been amazed, I've been encouraged. Um, I keep going back to it, Brother Bob said on Easter, an incredible crowd, and we didn't do anything. No, God's doing something. We're praying, people are staying faithful, people are soul winning, people are caring, and trying to help people. And what's happening is God is sending people to this church. People are coming. The great danger, though, yes, is that there will be verbal attack and there will be external physical attack, but the real danger always is the internal attack. You see, Judah was one of the church members. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of the burdens is decayed and there's much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they shall not know neither see till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Judah is, the, is one of the leaders, honestly. Now in this church, that's a little bit of everybody because everybody leads somewhere. Everybody's trying to do something. But I'm just going to warn this little group of people that we have here tonight. Here's the great danger. This is where we got to be careful. And some of you, I've tried to say this to you because I warned you, I don't want you to wear yourself out. He just said, he just said I pointed at, he pointed at me. No, I didn't. I pointed at both of you. No, the fact is, is that Everybody in here is working. And you're going hard. And I keep wanting to know more about what's going on so that I can keep, so I can help, so I can keep you from going too hard, too long. Because when you wear yourself out, here's what happens. They built the wall to half thereof. Do you know the toughest part of any spot is the Midway point. 
I used to tell college kids, I said, listen to me, the toughest spot is to be at the end of your sophomore year because here's what you do. You start to look at the end of your sophomore year and you say, oh my goodness, if I got to go as far to finish as I had to go to get here, I don't want to do it. And I kind of warn them. I said, no, you got to understand, the next two years are downhill. The first two were uphill. But that's what you do. You feel like, wow, we've gone this long, this hard, this far, and, and we've got so much more still to do that we can start to say, I don't, I've worn myself out getting this far. I don't have the strength to go that far again. I don't have the strength to keep going. I don't know how I can find the energy to, to keep, keep moving on. And what happens is, is that when we weary ourselves and wear ourselves down so thin, what happens is, is that we finally just get discouraged and say, it's not going to happen. It's just too much, and it's taken too much, and it's too much time, and it's too much energy, and too much effort. I, I was in a project in, in a pastor school, it's probably 25 years ago, and, and, and they'd given us this project to, to build, and, and back then we'd have to build, take this room and turn it into a ship. I mean, we, we, we took a, a big room about half this size and, and had to make a restaurant. They said, your restaurant is the sub shop. So the, we made this, the room into a submarine. Okay, I mean, lit, really, I just what we did night and day. And, and, and one time we had a, a, a they, we were told we, that your ministry needs to build a, a Rose Bowl type float. And it's got to be put up on Monday, on Tuesday morning of pastor school. And so we, we worked for eight weeks, all night Friday night, all night Saturday night, while going to get sailors all day Saturday, and all night Sunday in the ministry. And then, and, then we, and then we came to the weekend before pastor school, and most of us got up uh, sometime on Friday and, and still hadn't been to bed when we, when we uh, finally put all this thing together, we built it in sections, and, and it was a, a, a 27-foot-long flag. It was 24 feet high. It was, on, it was on a, uh, made out of the rose float material, and, and then we had a, a platform that we, was supposed to be a trailer, but it was just a platform that we built, and all of us built in sections. We had a life-size, larger-than-life-size to scale tank sitting on it that we built. And we had a plane to scale. It was not life-size, but we had a jet plane that was suspended from one building across Sibley Street to the other building. I never should have tied it to the air conditioning units. But anyway, <laughs> it was suspended up there. And we, it's just most incredible, but we're in there and we've worked for eight weeks and we're so tired and now it's all night long, we got to set it up. At three o'clock in the morning, we could not get the middle of the tank up off the ground to, to drill it into the treads. We'd built it out of particle board. The thing was too heavy. It's three o'clock in the morning. They're going to come through at 6.30 to inspect it and we can't even get it up. We can't get the flag up. It's too big to lift. Men all around me started saying, hey, why did we do this? And this is stupid. We're going to look like fools, and, and this will never work. And I heard it over and over. We've, we've wasted all this time. This is never going to work. It's never going to work. Watch this. Please, I beg you, somebody, when you start hearing that, when you start sensing that, 
Here's what you got to do. You just got to look at them and say, hang on, folks. God will make a way. Three o'clock in the morning, I got 12 men on the end of that thing. Every man I could get in there, we tried. And all 12 is we could get it lifted up. We get it about this far. And finally, one time I said, fellas, go again. And we started lifting. When they did, they got it up and up. I turned loose and I started crawling underneath it. Guys started screaming, hey man, get it up. Brother Hooker's under there. Get it up. And they started lifting it up. They got it up enough. I laid on my back, got my knees up, started bracing on my knees. Guys started diving under with me. Pretty soon we were holding up with our feet. We drilled it in. Then they said, we got to get the flag up. It's about 5 o'clock in the morning. The only thing I could do, shouldn't have done it, but I did it is you couldn't, on the ground, we couldn't raise it up high enough. You couldn't reach high enough to get it. It's 24 feet high. So I stole a bus. I'm not kidding. I just ran around the church and kept using my car keys and buses until one cranked. <laughs> and I backed it up to, the, to the, the flag there and backed it up to the whole thing. And the guys were standing on top of the bus. So we got it finally put up there and drilled up. And we had our tank and we had our plane suspended from the air conditioner, and, uh, and we had everything there at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, our preacher, Brother House drove through. He stopped and looked at it at about 8.30. We're all done. I took all the fellas back. My wife's making steak and eggs for everybody to celebrate. We haven't been asleep. We haven't shaved. Looked like we've been on a three-day drunk. We're sitting there eating, and the phone rings. There's a pay phone back then, if you don't remember, kids. Pay phone. And went to the payphone in the servicemen center and picked it up, and it was Brother Ray Young. And Ray Young said, Bob, he said, I just want to tell you, that's the greatest display that we've ever seen in the history of pastor school. At 3 o'clock in the morning, a lot of people said, this is never going to work. But I'm just telling you, anything will work if God's involved and we won't quit. So no matter what attack comes, don't let it stop you. Continue to work. In verse 14, he says, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Let's be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your houses. I love this. Remember the Lord and just say with God, we're going to keep fighting. And he goes on in verse 16 that we stay prepared with the weapons of this warfare. But it brings us all the way over, and, and I'm going to finish this up, but bring us all the way over to chapter 6. That even there, when we've lifted up and we fought back and we've stayed the course and we kept going, the attacks come again. And can I tell you, so long as you work and you build a church, the attacks will come again. In verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the the Arabian and the rest of the enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. And Sambalat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages 
on the plain of Ono, what they thought to do me mischief. And I heard somebody say that they came to him and they, they said, Nehemiah, come meet with us and compromise with us. And he said, oh, no. I'm not going. But God is our strength. If you look at verse 9, it says, For they made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And God will strengthen our hands. But we have a temptation here to compromise. We have a temptation to escape. In verse 11, and they said, Such a man as I flee, who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. There's a, a, a temptation to escape, a temptation to compromise. But God says, keep the divine vision. In verse 12, and lo, I perceive that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me. For Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. We, this is jumbled up and I know it is, but, but I'm just trying to show you that I believe that as we determine to build the wall, so to speak, to build Calvary, the attack will come. And then we determine to stand with God's help and we determine that we're not going to get sidetracked and we, we're not even going to let the internal discouragement get us and don't get upset at somebody with that internal discouragement so those fellas that night they were trying to discourage me they're some of the hardest working fellas in the world they were just weary they were wore out they were afraid it just wasn't going to happen and and they'd worked so hard but I'm going to tell you this, I've been through it, I've done it, I've, I've fought the battles, I've been through those battles before, and I know this, with God being my help, and I don't care what comes, we can win the victory. And just like in their mind, no matter what came his way, they kept seeking God, they kept praying to God, they kept standing fast, they kept staying strong. When the external battle came, they fought against it and stood strong. When the internal discouragement came, he said, we're going to keep building anyway. Uh, the, yes, I understand the weariness comes, and I understand it feels like, how can we make this happen? But the truth is, when we what we're looking for is verse 15. Look at verse 15 of chapter 6. So the wall was finished in the 20th and 5th day of the month, Elu, in 50 and 2 days. You know what happens if you just stay the course? You finish. You finish. And I say, when do we finish? We, we finish in this life when we go to heaven. Amen. But, but no matter how long, however long Calvary Baptist remains, that church, this church, God says, you can finish the job that you have set before you. Don't get discouraged. And when somebody gets discouraged, don't get down about it. Don't get upset about it. Encourage them. That's what Nehemiah did with Judah. He had to come to him and say, we're going to make this. We're going to look. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. Get some rest. Get some sleep. I'll take over for you. But we're going to build the wall. And folks, I want you to know we're going to build the wall. So why is God having you say this? I don't know. Maybe because there's not any more weary a human being than I am right now. But I've been here before. And the old devil, right now, our battle, the attack that we're facing is not outside. It's not internal. It's spiritual. 
And the old devil's trying to hit every direction he can hit. And I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of fight in me. It's been in me my whole life. My little wife, I say to her, Joe Beth, it just seems like we get hit and we get and hit and get and hit and get and hit. And here, you know what she told me? We were riding in the car. She said, Rob, I've always loved a good fight. I said, I, I recognize that as a wife in you, you know. She's always loved. Now, the truth is, we're ready to, ready to fight. I'm not saying we're good at it, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I believe that, that God being our help, we're going to do what he called us to do. And we're going to make it. And Calvary's going to grow and is already growing. I'm, I've been excited I, I just because I love seeing God do it. And there are people coming in. And I'm, I guess surely y'all recognize them. I don't recognize them. I don't know them, but I'm thrilled that they're here. And the middle section is gaining on the right section. Today, it was pretty close here. We're getting a lot closer over here. And I don't know what we had. Again, don't count. I haven't counted, but I could tell that you just look and say, there's a good crowd here. And when the waters are moving and people are, are getting saved and getting baptized, when people are joining the church, God's doing something, and that will bring the attack. It's going to come. The naysayers are going to come. The, the attack will come. Somebody's going to come with something actual, try to, to do something to, to say or do against the church. It's going to come. You say, does that bother you? Sure, it always does. Because I'm human. But I know God's in control. And no matter how much we come under attack, just like Nehemiah and the people, through all the verbal attack, the external attack, the internal attack, everything that went on, ultimately it comes down to one statement. So the wall was builded. It was finished. We finished it. We did what God called us to do. So I don't know if this means anything to anybody else, and maybe I'm just preaching to me. But I love seeing that there's a victory because when we see the victory and every time we fight a battle and we stand and we win, look at verse 16. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. And that's ultimately what we're looking for. It's not so that we win the battle or so that people say, boy, man, they've really fought the battle and won. No, we want them to see in Calvary Baptist Church in this area of Memphis, Tennessee, that there's a God in heaven. He's our God. And he will win the victory. 
I thank you again for your incredible patience. I warned you when you when you got us, you would we're far from being perfect people. But we fought a lot of battles in the last thirty-five years. And the the one thing that we do know how to do, and we do understand, is that you keep fighting. You overcome evil with good. Whatever this statement was told me 25, 30 years ago, and I've lived by it since. Whatever you were doing to bring the attack, keep doing it. Keep doing it. And at times, it's almost enjoyable. I feel like, I used to tell the fellows in Salem ministry, if we don't come under attack within a few weeks, I start to wonder if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so long as the attack comes from the outside, verbal, physical, whatever, so long as it comes, I know this one thing. We must be doing something right for God. But he's our hedge and our protection. They can only go so far. They can't destroy us. I'm not sure if it makes much sense to you. I honestly, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a warning that Calvary's going to grow, and as it grows, the attacks come. But when they do, let's rally together and support each other, pray for each other, and let's fight the battle. And ultimately, through God's power and God's strength, we will see the victory. Father, I pray that you bless.